0: Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel. I'm coming at you from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Today's guest, Christopher Maynard of the, the incredible uh, site, Following Films, com. Following Films is your daily source of movie news, reviews, and interviews. With episodes of the War Machine vs. War Horse podcast, we cover everything from the art house to the grindhouse. Uh, that's what they wrote. I don't try to give you descriptions of, their, of Chris's site because I'd screw it up. Chris also guest host many episodes of the War Machine vs. War Horse podcast. That's how I ended up finding him. It's a podcast I found on Twitter and listened to and liked, and then, I don't know, just Twitter, just started talking, and Chris said he'd come on, and, man, that guy knows his shit. Like, he fucking loves movies, and I am just in awe of his knowledge of film, the amount of great people he can get for his site. You... Uh In the interview, he talks about different people he can get to come on to his website following films and uh it really just kind of blows my mind at one point in the episode. he just discusses how he didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy, which I never knew that was even possible. I mean, I love that movie, and uh while I didn't like agree with him, I it was nice to hear a different take on it like well, you know what no, I agreed with what he said. I still love that movie. It was one of the most fun movies I ever ever saw. Uh, and then the mo- we kind of, it was cool, Chris takes, we take a turn about like kind of talking about like fatherhood and uh, what's it like to be like a obsessive fan of something while having a kid and you want your children to love what you love but not push it upon them and Chris is a really great guy and it was super nice of him to come on. I had a ton of fun recording this. I recorded this episode and the episode with Maxwell Baines, bearing on when he listened to it, which uh, came out the week before, uh, back to back and now I'm recording this intro like a few weeks later at like 11 o'clock at night and I'm super tired and I always say I'm not going to do that but it turns out I only seem to have the free time to upload the episodes pretty late at night. Uh, do us a favor check us out on Facebook facebook.com slash let's us chat uh, Twitter it's probably been the most fun part of the social media I've ever had with the podcast uh, we're just at let's chat podcast and if you want to uh, be on the show or leave some feedback, you can just email uh, let's chat podcast at gmail.com. And I'm so happy to announce that starting with the last episode, number 40, and all the new episodes, we will be on squarepop.com. And uh, in the next coming weeks, we'll have an episode with founder Joe. I think he said his last name is Bartholomew. Hope he doesn't hear this. Uh, but yeah, so check out squarepop.com. You can find our episodes and all this other really cool art stuff. And podcast and just cool stuff on the internet. And write me an you know, all the old iTunes review. That would be super wonderful. I'll keep the intro short. Thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you follow uh, go to followingfilms.com, uh follow them on Twitter at followingfilms. and listen to War Machine vs. Warhorse.com. Just uh big thanks to Chris for coming on. Remember, now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight, time to get paid, blow off like the world trade, born sinner, the opposite of a winner, remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner, piece of broad G, Brucey B, get to bring, fuck master flex, love bust Star skeet. Well, thank you first off for doing this. Um, I was actually just looking at your site right before we were doing this so I can get refreshed. I was watching that preview for the Kickstarter, which I think will have oh. ended by the time this goes up. Yeah man that movie looks awesome
1: yeah it looks really good and unfortunately i didn't become aware of that kickstarter till yesterday afternoon because i would have been trying to push that a lot harder um if i would have known about it but i just found out kind of last minute so but it looks like they'll probably hit the goal towards the end so they're gonna be really close so
0: i've donated to one kickstarter and i think it was cool and then someone i was like i wanted to have on the show it was like a friend of a friend something i donated and then it was really cool and then like I felt much more involved in it, too, in felt yeah. film. Like, I'm going to go to the release when I do it. And I'm Next. like, oh, this is really cool. So I was like, it's really, really exciting. I, so what I, um, I'm assuming you're a big film buff because I was looking at your wonderful website. Is oh. it
1: Following Films? Yeah, followingfilms.com. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I'll
0: put all a ton of plugs and everything. I, don't I'll, worry I'll about me, that. I'll give you the rundown. Um, there's nothing. So say anything. Say everything you want. And okay. Then, if you want, I'll send you a copy. And we'll, if if you want to listen to it first, I'll let everyone do. No. And then, um, if you want anything out, let me know. Like, you know, I'm,
1: I I'm not, I'm not that kind of person. I've said enough embarrassing things on podcasts already that there's nothing yeah. that'll be any worse than anything I've already said about yeah. myself prior. So I'm not worried about it. Thank I'll you though take, for yeah, that courtesy.
0: Because like it's not like a shit talk show. I don't. Okay. I mean, shit talk in movies is fine. But I'm yeah. Not gonna, like, trap on people.
1: Well, no, no, no. I mean, and, and I, I'm always the one that makes it personal. That talks about yeah. myself, and, and I'm just that sort of myopic douchebag that makes everything about me. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll be talking about um a simple film, and then I'll make it about how my dad didn't hug me enough when I was a kid. And that, that's that's my own shortfall. So and that's why you hated John <laughs> Exactly
0: <laughs> or, or something like that. You're like, what? That's a, well, that's a good connection. Um, yeah. I love your site. It's really Thank you. cool. Thank you. How long have you've been doing it for? Um for
1: about 6 months now. That's it. So No. Are you just is this just like a labor of love? It's uh, it started that way. I started the site just as um I have a job that allows me a certain amount of free time. And so I had been one of the, on the one of the first days I was hired at my job, they told me bring a book because you're going to have some downtime. Um, and so I did that and I started burning through like a book or two a week. And then mm-hmm. I realized I could start doing something more creative just than reading other people's stuff. So I started blogging. And then I realized, well, maybe I could just put together a site. And then it just one thing kind of led to another, and it became, well, I'll give it a year, and I'll get my own domain and see if it'll pay for itself within a year. And it started paying for itself within about uh, maybe a month or so. Wow. And so it was just – and I, I just started uh, doing okay with it, and I started making all these – connections through twitter and i kind of sort of moving towards ending up on a podcast at some point was my idea mm-hmm. and then uh mike from uh, war machine versus warhorse he saw some of the stuff i had written and now uh, what started as just a guest spot on that show has become you know six hours of my life every week and so between yeah,
0: yeah so, I, I listened to that podcast uh, after before it was really good i oh, really loved you guys it was thank great. you which um, one did you check out Started today was the I was doing the one uh, with uh, this is where I leave you uh-huh. and uh, the other movie and then there was a guest filmmaker they had on tell so us that one too okay I actually don't think you were on either of them <laughs> the
1: the guest filmmaker uh, do you know who it was it was, was like
0: him? the last like one or two episodes okay I'm, I wish I had my I, my phone not in front of me but it was really cool yeah um so you don't, you don't actually do those people live near you or those are like just Skype same thing
1: it, it's Skype things it was um I just kind of with the, with that show in particular, I had been kind of reaching out to people and getting interviews for my site. And then I started doing that with their podcast as well, where I started um, just reaching out to people and, um, with social media being what it is, it's not that hard to get a hold of people. Um, and I've had a couple of articles that have done fairly well and been picked up at a couple of places. And I mean, you know, I'm getting a decent number of views every month. So I've been like granted certain level of press clearance and I get to do Mm -hmm. sort of like press screenings and reviews and interviews that are legitimate now. And so um, a few people have kind of, you know, sought me out a little bit to some degree where they've um, known who I was from something else. So they've asked if I would be interested in doing something. So it's kind of just I don't know. I'm, I'm at this point just seeing where it's going to take me. I have no sort of end goal at this point. I'm just, you know, I'm just shocked. It is where it is at this
0: point. Oh, isn't it the best? Like that's Twitter is, uh, it's fucking great. Yeah. I, I held off on using it for the podcast for like a year and I got in a this spot. I don't know why I was like, what's the hot huh? point of it. And I used to use Twitter. Then I stopped. And then I got to a point in the podcast where I just couldn't get anyone that wasn't like my friend and I was, like, getting harder. I was like, oh, I'll decide for Twitter. And then everything changed. I mean, just, yeah. It's just, right start here, and just, it's just been great. And, and everyone's still, not, yeah, I've had nothing but really positive experiences on Twitter. Yeah. It's really fun if you use it right, I guess. Absolutely.
1: And I think that it's very easy to surround yourself with people that are have similar interests as you on yeah. there. So it's, it, I don't know, It's 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 been very helpful for me. And it's an easy way to self-promote without... Um, coming across as obnoxious because I'm not like mm-hmm. blowing up my friend's Facebook feed with just yeah. crap about me the whole time. So mm-hmm. I can have this sort of separate entity outside of myself that's not you know yeah. Christopher Maynard. It's following films. That's what this is. So yep that, that that's yeah. coming across as so that's what it's supposed to be, and I, I like that about it.
0: I know I, someone. Uh, my friend, my friend Vinny yesterday explained it. Uh, he said playing Twitter and the difference from Twitter and Facebook. He's like. Facebook is a site where you add friends you went to school with. Twitter is a site where you follow people you uh, – no, he said – Facebook is uh, where you, you – uh, how do you put it? You put it really well. And <laughs> uh, Facebook is where you add your friends and people you went to school with, and Twitter is for where you uh, follow people you wish were your friends. Absolutely. Yes, because you talk to strangers on Twitter. Oh well, yeah. All the time. And, like, yeah, sometimes even, like, famous people reply to you, and it's – kind of weird you're like oh that's that's kind of cool well it's you
1: yeah you get those little those little brushes of something where someone you know retweets you and they they mm-hmm. that means maybe they read the article that you wrote or something like that and it's kind of nice and it's uh yeah i mean it's like any sort of social media tool it's what you use it for and i guess because i'm not using it to sort of talk shit about people i'm not using it to, yeah. in a negative way it's only been positive so
0: yeah I don't. We don't troll. No, absolutely not. <laughs> not yet.
1: So, no. what what got you into podcasting? What, why, why did you decide to pick up a microphone and start talking into the dark, deep corners of the internet?
0: Oh yeah, I, ego. It has to be right. <laughs> um, I think I, I just loved. I was obsessed with podcasts. Uh, similar, I had uh, various different jobs a while back, and then where I just had a lot of time and commute involved, yeah. and I just became really into them, and then. Through an old job I had I ended up meeting someone and it was kind of like that classic story of like his where like they, they like met through the newspaper It was like a friend of mine my friend Laura's now ex-boyfriend put like a post on Facebook's so like looking to start a podcast and it's something I always wanted to do but I would never put any effort forth until I had like someone to do it with so we started together and then he ended up leaving pretty early on and then as we started doing it I just I just I don't I just can't stop. It's so much fun. So how, many, like, yeah. how, many,
1: how how much are you doing a week? How many are you putting out?
0: I try, I try to do one a week. Okay. And it's been pretty consistent. Actually, the most recent, if there's been. I missed once this month, and the only reason I've any I've missed any weeks now is not because of content. It's just more of uh, somewhere like we're waiting for something to come out or I want someone's approval. So actually, it's been pretty consistent like every week. I think I'm at like – I must have like 40-something banks, and I have a whole bunch set up. For wow. Now. Really? Not I have 30 something posted and I have like four bank records. Oh, okay. okay. That's, but yeah, I have a ton and it's, and ever since Twitter, like just like the last like, few months, mm-hmm. it's like you get that one person on who has something to lose a little and then it's just easier to get more people. How,
1: so it has something to lose? What, how, how do you mean? I,
0: like, had, something that, uh, I had a comedian on in, uh, named, uh, named Adam lashers and he had like a... A web series okay so it's like and i didn't know him he didn't know me and we didn't know any of the same people right and once he came on and i think that kind of opened some more open up for people you like, yeah it's like i don't want to make anyone look bad and it's fun too with friends cause it's just a, like i'm 30 so it's hard to hang out with people like no one wants to hang it just it sucks so it's like this is a way you can like turn off your phone sit down and just pay attention to another person for an hour in the moment and talk about shit you love
1: so, who was it that um, you were initially listening to in those commutes on podcasts that sort of made you want to do it?
0: Uh, so many. Uh, I really started off loving Nerdist, and then uh, WTF with Mark Maron. I think that's sure. pretty popular. It's really all comedy podcasts, mm-hmm. and then uh, but then I, I'm obsessed with uh, You made it. We with Pete Holmes. Oh so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he great. He has Dana Carvey on.
1: I haven't heard that yet. Um, I, I'm. Oh. My my, my rotation is, you know, I end up getting, I kind of fall in and out with certain people. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. one of those ones I come back to and I'll catch up on some of the stuff I've missed. Just because uh, he goes so long. Some of his, they end up yeah, being I, three, three and a half I'll, hours.
0: I'll wait for an episode that I want to listen to and then wait till I have to travel for something <laughs> and listen to it. And then I really like that. Uh, Joe Rogan sometimes. Like yeah. he's one I'll come in once in a while. I'll check one of those out. Aisha Tyler doesn't get enough credit for her. hers girl on guy. Yeah, she's great. She's the best, and she has such really cool guests. And then sometimes I will just go all out, and then I just type in a guest I like, and then find out where else they've been. Okay. So I'll do that, yeah, and then and now there's like a ton. Like every day, I wake up, refresh. But I uh, just started a new job uh, about like a month ago. And I used to travel about 45 minutes to work, mm-hmm. which was, sucked, but it was great because I got to listen to, like, two a day. Right. But now I work 10 minutes from home, so I have been, like, really slacking on my podcast <laughs> listening. Like, they. I think Nerdist had Paul McCartney, and I still have not I, like.
1: I was just listening to that the other night, actually. So, it's a good, it good? Inter- it's good interview. It's a very good interview.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love Nerdist, and then sometimes I hate Hardwick. And I love him, but I also kind of hate him.
1: What is it that you don't like about Hardwick?
0: He's a little too, he, he just, he's pretty a little annoying
1: okay uh, elaborate how so i'm, I'm just he's curious
0: to think, I, I like him as a human being but uh my wife and i always kind of make fun of him because he's always just overly positive and talks See,
1: a lot. i then that's the complaint i've heard about him and, and that's and that's, that's something that i actually
0: I all the time
1: i i like that about him that he is so overly yeah. positive because he there's not as much cynicism with him that yeah, I see in a lot think
0: of people I'm jealous because I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, he's definitely like, you know, that friend that you have that you love, you kind of, kind of annoys you. Sure. I feel like I, it's not healthy. I feel like I know him. Like my wife might <laughs> like, talk about how, like, we know him because like, I've listened to hundreds and hours and hundreds of hours of his voice at this point. Well, like I listen to so many of the nerdists. I absolutely have so much respect for everything he does. At this, but then it's, it's at this
1: point, you've, you do have a relationship with him in a way. It's a very one sided relationship. But oh, you've, yeah. If you've spent hundreds of hours listening to someone, on the radio, on a podcast, they they can get pretty personal sometimes. You know, you know a lot of the details of how he was raised, about his dad, about his mom, all that kind of stuff. So you know those things you would know, know. about any one of your friends. So yeah, it's just a he doesn't know who you are though. I know. And like his
0: dad, dad, I actually got a little sad for. There you him. go. My yeah. Brother and I like oh boy, poor Chris. I, I did want to hear the Paul one. I'm going to. I think because I who did they have on? Oh. Because they, well, Nerdist just puts out so many, so it's hard mm-hmm. to keep on top of them. But it was like, it went like Lisa Kudrow, it was like John Cleese, Joe Latugio, Lisa Kudrow, Paul McCartney, and like Martin Short. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to listen to all of these. <laughs> I, I, the Lisa Kudrow one I listen to, I love her. Did you hear mm-hmm.
1: that she did a um, episode of Smodcast with Kevin Smith? Have you heard that interview? No, I go don't. go back and check that one out. It's a really, really It's all about her show uh, that she did on HBO, uh, oh, the, the, comeback. The, the comeback, which is oh, a great show and a really underrated show. And yeah. apparently, right. Smith was a big fan of it, and it's just him going off on that show for an hour and a half, and it's fantastic. It's a really good listen. Oh,
0: God. I love Kevin Smith. One of those people I can like. There, there's like a number of people I can just listen to talk, and he's mm-hmm. one of those people. I love Kevin Smith. Like he's he's so great, and he's so smart with all that stuff. Have you watched The Comeback? I'm still on season one. I never heard of it, never knew anything about it. And then I got HBO Go like a year ago like stole mm-hmm. it and started watching it. And it kind of reminded me of like the Larry Sanders show, which I fucking love. Yeah. And I, I'm like, and it's like this type of humor. I'm like, I, it's, it's funny, obviously it's comedy, but it's not like laugh out loud funny.
1: No, it's, it's a, uh, it, it is like the Larry Sanders show, but I think it's almost even more like the British office. Where it has these the yes. moments where it, it will draw out how uncomfortable it can be for as long as possible, wow, and it's if incredible. you yeah if you don't like that kind of humor where it just gets really quiet for long periods of time and I, for me that's right inside what makes me mm-hmm. laugh, like deep belly laugh is that show and I, she's phenomenal in it so yeah I've, I've watched the show and I guess they. Um, Brought it back, so it's going to be back on HBO again because it got canceled. I think it's on now. Is it? Is it back now?
0: Okay. Maybe I haven't watched it. I she talked about it on Nerdist of how it came back, and she's like, "HBO approached me." And I was like, "Really? That never happens." Yeah. But I, 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 I must think that must be part of like HBO Go has come out, and then they know that they get, people give away their passwords, and like so, HBO Netflix they are the only ones who see those numbers and they must have seen that their numbers are like skyrocketing on that show. I've heard of it. No, it's great. She's my favorite one from friends and I like a lot of season of friends. And I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or not. But like, uh, and the, the show is huge; it's not an unpopular opinion yeah, at all. I remember loving it, and then watching it a lot and reruns in reruns on TBS. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Seinfeld's my favorite, but like, I really like Friends. Like, it's I, I didn't, wa-
1: I didn't watch it a lot, but the few episodes of it that I saw definitely stuck with me. It was a really well-written show. It just, uh, yeah. at the time that it was on, I wasn't, and even now, I don't watch a lot of uh, episodic television. I've always been more of yeah. a movie guy and so it's um something has to be really sort of special to grab me and move me into it with the exception of sort of the hbo series which i'll I'll always give a chance to those for the most part um like a half hour sitcom the last one that i was really into um maybe the office or seinfeld that's
0: about yeah yeah if you like i think community would be up yeah
1: you know what i I take that back. Um, community, I got into, because um, I don't even think about it in that term, in that way, because I started listening to Harmontown. Um, yes. And I really dug the podcast, and so I went back and listened to the show, uh, or watched the show after listening to his podcast, and watched the whole uh, four seasons, and yeah, yeah. It, it was about two or three week period, so. Yeah.
0: But isn't that, that's it's great. Uh,
1: it's fantastic. Absolutely.
0: There's a podcast I listen to, uh, the Brett Snell's podcast, the author. Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, I, uh, I've listened to that one also, yeah.
0: Yeah, love him. I this would be an easier question. Because he just kind of bitches about uh, his sadness of how, like, media, uh, movies aren't as relevant in the culture today as a felt Listen, Do you think that's true, or is it just move so much more niche? I don't care
1: about relevancy.
0: That's uh, how I feel, too. It's, like, I don't and, care, cause it, Everyone I know, I talk to people who I know who like what I like, and it's great
1: it's I've never felt the need to be validated by kind of what's in the common culture about what people are talking about, the water cooler talk, that kind of thing. It's kind Mm -hmm. of nice when you're a part of that, when you are watching that last episode of Seinfeld and everyone's talking about it and you're kind of in on that conversation and a part of that sort of like mass fever. Um, Yeah. You know, when, when you're reading the Da Vinci code and you see everyone else reading it, that kind of thing, it's, it's fun to be a part of that, but with movies, um, I hold film to a higher standard than I hold television. Um, but that's somewhat shifting to a degree. Yes, I think with, happily. with well, uh, not, not so happily for me because I think um, mm-hmm. what used to be great about film has moved into television mm-hmm. and what was terrible about television has moved into film. So like with the marvelization of like the movie theaters, you're seeing episodic filmmaking now. And I think it's yeah. killing a lot of movies. Now, granted those aren't the types of movies that I really gravitate towards anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm a, you know, bitter old man at this point. So I don't really care about yeah. what the, what the men in tights are doing anymore. So, um, I, but there's, there's so many great films coming out that are so much better than anything I see on TV for the most part. Uh, okay. There's the, there's breaking bad. There's those sort of uh, there's true detective, those things that, go beyond that, that just push the envelope beyond anything that's going on in film. But generally, what you see on television doesn't compare to what goes on in in a movie theater.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's still, like, Big Bang Theory, which I've never watched but I know people love slash hate. It's terrible. I just assumed. I don't have cable, so I just don't watch it, and I just assume I'll hate it. Um, I kind of agree with you. I I wish movies weren't getting... Well, I won't say movies are getting bad. I'll say mainstream movies, because I'm not, like, a... um, a VOD person, where I need to be, and I don't go to the movies that often. But like when I do, like I, I wish I did, but they're just they're but, super expensive and a lot of them are become terrible.
1: become a VOD person. There's so many great things coming out on VOD. Yeah, I don't have
0: VOD, but um I do have iTunes. I think that's my like best you, you you have it. You
1: don't you it's just you're not utilizing it. It's there. Is VOD,
0: that what VOD is is. I thought it was like through the cable no, no, no,
1: no. VOD is just that's just short for video on demand. So oh, iTunes man, have... iTunes is VOD. Um if you
0: I deflex everything.
1: There you go. That that's VOD. It's it's okay, anything yeah, yeah. like that. There's there's paid and subscription versions of it. And so, like, if you... uh, Okay, I'm going to give you... uh, Have you seen Blue Ruin? No, I've heard of it. It's on Netflix right now, and it's for free. Um, When we finish this conversation tonight, put that movie on. Take your wife, sit her down, and say, we're going to go through an hour and a half of one of the most intense experiences that we will ever have from somebody that we've never heard of before. Um, Yeah. It was a movie that was made by Kickstarter. Um, It was Mm -hmm. funded that way, and it's a movie that would have never been released otherwise because it didn't have... Stars in it. It didn't have anything that would draw people in. It had a it had a story that you couldn't really put in a trailer. Um, it's a it's a vengeance film, but it's it's if you and I, if we were to try to commit an act of vengeance, it's what would happen to us. So we're yeah. not we're not Liam Neeson. So if we yeah. go we go out and we try to murder somebody that like did something wrong to our family, it's not going to be pretty. We're going to make a ton of mistakes along the way. We're going to screw up, and this is that version of. That's kind of story of the vengeance. Tale. Um, you know, I offhand, I can't think of the director's name. He's done. Mm-hmm. He did another movie called murder party, which is fantastic. It's really a movie you should check out. Also. It's not on Netflix right now, but blue ruin, check that out. And
0: that'll, yeah, that, that'll
1: show you like what, yeah, it's not going on in the multiplex, but the stuff that's going on because of VOD, because of Netflix, because of the demand for mm-hmm. uh, digital media, all these great films are coming out. It's easy to miss them, but they're definitely there.
0: It's really sad because not like a movie getting made, it's like hundreds of million dollar movies or like under a million. And that like the movies like that, like Brett always, Easton talks about, movies I really do always connect with are those like five to ten million dollar movies. I'm just not getting made like they were. Anymore. Well,
1: that, that's and I've heard Brett Easton Ellis complain about that. Also, the, the eight million dollar movie. Um, which is Pulp Fiction, that kind of number, that mm-hmm. those sorts of films. But um, there's pe- digital filmmaking has changed it. It's completely yeah. changed it because you can go out and buy the exact same camera gear that they shot Gone Girl on for a couple thousand dollars yeah. for for less than the budget of Clerks, which cost twenty seven thousand dollars. You yeah. can, you can go out and make a movie that'll look like Gone Girl. Now, granted, you need to have people doing lighting and sound and all those other things and need to have a good script that you're working with. But the playing field has been so leveled that the only thing that really stands in your way between you and making a film like that is your talent. That's it. It's not a money thing anymore. Do um, no, you I, think
0: that's a good thing?
1: It's a great thing.
0: Yeah, um, I'm good too. It's,
1: it. it's something that has – it's harder to find the good ones like that because there's so much of it coming out. But yes. it, it's one of those things where I, I, Twitter has made me look over people's top 10 lists, make, look over people's recommendations. And if I see something I haven't heard of before, I'll give it a look and I'll kind of like say, OK, this is something I should check out. And media is so accessible now that I, something like, uh, like the podcast I was talking about uh, before, it's the, these two guys, Mike and Shane, that live in Kentucky that I never would have met. I live in Tucson, Arizona. But these two guys that sort of through this podcasting thing, through Twitter, through our mutual love of movie movies, I've found people that are have the exact same taste or interest that I do, um, but much different tastes um, that I can connect with. And I think that that's all kind of a part of this thing that's happening right now with digital media. And it all wraps into that and the social aspect of it that all ties in. It's not something that's bad that you hear uh, – Bretton Easton Ellis complaining about these movies that aren't coming out, but he's fully aware because he's making films that are less than that, less than yeah, that $2 yeah. million, dollar, like uh, I, the Canyon, uh, Canyons rather. Yeah. How much was that? That movie couldn't have been more than a million dollars, I would assume. So, much, yeah. so uh, I think it was a couple hundred thousand dollars for that film. And that has, it was written by, or directed by the guy who wrote Taxi Driver by Paul Schrader that film so it's See,
0: one taxi driver is that the jimmy fallon one
1: holy shit are you kidding me right now okay no. I, I'm, I'm gonna give you some homework right now sir yeah, i'm
0: not a big movie buff
1: um taxi driver it's a movie with robert de niro um oh, from, oh, okay, okay. Yes, okay with martin scorsese taxi? i was
0: thinking that and then i was thinking the tv show and i was like i know this movie but i can't, I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> okay but did the canyons bomb um, not well, I, I he, he complains about it a lot,
1: <laughs> I, I guess in a way, uh, I don't really know. Um, that, that's one of the things that I don't follow too much as far as, um, I, I don't actively ignore it, but how much a movie made, I don't really care. Um, cause if you look at the top 10 films, uh, as far as they're gross at the end of the year, they do not line up with my top 10 favorite films of the yeah. year or or there's very little overlap in it. So I
0: it's some, sometimes sometimes it's like I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I,
1: I hated it. Absolutely You're hated it. The
0: that. only one I ever heard say that. But that's good cuz someone needs to hate it. It's like, okay. Yeah.
1: It, it was it was charming, it was fun, it was well written, it was well acted, um but it was absolutely the movie that put the nail in the coffin of the Marvel universe for me. Um, yeah. Okay. That the, there's if there's no threat in the film there's no sense of anything bad will happen to any of these characters. And the, the villains that they're fighting against are so one-dimensional and so boring and so uh, non-compelling to watch. If you were to take the 15-minute sequence, the prison sequence of that film, and play it as a short and play the entire film with those level of stakes, it would have been a far more succe- successful uh-huh. film. But you have, all these movies ra- have raised the stakes so high every time the entire universe is going to end if they don't get through this thing. I I like that they undercut that by having a dance off sort of be the final battle of the movie. I thought that was fun Mm. and clever and very James Gunn of it. But when you have really bad villains, it doesn't make for a good film of that type. If they would have made it small and more of a caper film with those characters acting that way, and they just were doing a heist or something like that, it would have been a much more level, enjoyable film.
0: That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear someone say something different. (laughs) Well, I loved it, but I like that you could um, i cause I think I do that too sometimes. Where like, um, I can recognize something being good, or and then I just don't like it. Like with so, especially like music. Like I can listen to a band and be like, I see why somebody else likes this, like I just don't.
1: Well, what's what's the band like that?
0: The- I'm trying to think of anything off the top of the head, but like too many to think of. But like, ah, uh, I don't know. Like less, usually more like a lot of more hardcore and like stuff. I used to be like real hardcore and, uh, like, a lot of punk and ska music. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I don't know, like, even, like, Converge. Like, I get why people like Converge or Bane and those bands just, just can't do it. Okay. And even, like, a lot of classic rock bands, I'm just like, eh, it's cool.
1: Such as? Like, there's a...
0: Like, I, obviously, I like the Beatles. Like, everyone likes the Beatles. And sure. there's a lot of those bands I like the Beatles. I like Led Zeppelin, but I don't go any deeper than that. The Who, actually, any of those top ten classic rock bands just kind of fall upon death. Like, I, it's something that I feel like I like it in the car, but I'll never go any deeper with it because I'm like, I get it, but I don't know. It needs more for me. Okay. So what's what's
1: the stuff that does do it for you that uh, sort of.
0: Mm. Really like Frank Turner. Do you listen to him? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Ballad of me
1: and my friends. Yeah. It's good stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the Gaslight Anthem. I'm trying to think. Podcasts have really taken over movie, uh, music listening for me. It's been kind of bad. I feel like I've listened to, like, the same album for, like, the if, last ten years. But now I don't, you, I don't you, want to become that curmudgeon old man, so I feel like I've, I've been trying to, like, get back into the other right. stuff I once
1: loved. If you like the Gaslight Anthem, um, yeah. check out a guy named Tim Barry. Do you know who that is?
0: Oh, I love Tim Barry. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, I saw him open once um, for Gaslight okay. and, uh, a few years ago. He was great.
1: He's fantastic, yeah. He's he's just cranking out albums about once a year and they are always he's so consistent and fantastic oh,
0: yeah it was a good tour i think it was like tim barry murder by death and uh gaslight anthem wow it was a
1: good show. Awesome.
0: yeah it was great i i love murder by death uh i then there's bands i like that some of my friends always give me shit for like i still love newfound glory and alkaline trio and i'll get crap for it I'm like i don't care it's it will never not be fun. <laughs> I,
1: I've seen Alkaline Trio play at least ten times now, so I have no problem with that. I,
0: oh, they're, they're great. So yeah. You are from Tucson? Right? Uh-huh. You're up. Yeah. Said, um, I know the format and uh, Jimmy Eat World are from your area. Is it? Are they from Tucson? Um, they from they're, they're
1: they're Phoenix area, Tempe.
0: Oh, okay, I forgot. See, you're from one of the. I live in Rhode. Island. I'm from Connecticut. I live in Rhode Island, which uh-huh. is that big. <laughs> you live in a state that actually has some distance and. and
1: well, I used to I used to live in Delaware before here, so I'm well I'm well aware of the small state.
0: No one, I really. Then do you know, Boy Sets Fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yeah, I do. That was yeah. like the first band, one of my favorite bands from youth. They're great. Uh, They're fantastic. Yeah. So much. Uh, are you? You're, so you're from Delaware.
1: Well, I I'm from Georgia, but I spent my uh, high school years in Delaware. Okay. So it was kind of oh, when sure. I when, when I discovered music and, you know, kind of uh, indie rock and punk rock and kind of yeah. zines, that, that sort of thing, I was in high school and I, those were the formative years and that's where I was. So um, when I was yeah, yeah. 45 minutes from Philadelphia, an hour from D.C. Yeah. And, yeah. and three hours from New York City, it's not mm-hmm. and you know that living in Rhode Island, it's not necessarily about yeah. where you are, but what you have access to around you, yep. you know, when and you're just it
0: was very much. Uh... Connecticut sucks, but you can get somewhere else because it's close. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's totally what it was. Uh, Well, so what is your? um, How long have you been in Arizona for? Because it's so strange. There's a number of years. Like, I had a lot of my friends who like move out to Tucson, and then move back for some (laughs) uh, for some reason. That was like this place that like a group of my friends. For whatever reason, they all lived out there for one point or another. Um, I've I've lived here for
1: I've lived here for 15 years now. So, you like it out there? Um, yes. Yeah, I, I actually I really do like it here um, for a lot of reasons. There's, I'm close to my family's all here. Um, yeah. This is, you know, I have a good job here. Um, this is where I own my home. This is where my roots are now. Um, yeah. There's things I don't like about Tucson, but it's it, it's a nice mid-sized city where um, I don't have all of the advantages of living in a major city that I would have. Yeah. But I also don't have as many of the inconveniences of living in a major city. And I'm more at this point in my life, you know, leaning towards the latter where it's just or to the former rather, where the advantages of living in a smaller city are important
0: to me now. Yeah. I live in Providence, which I would say same thing where it's like a small city and it's great, but it's not a big city. Right. It's got a lot of, it's, some of the best parts about it is that it's a small city, geographically, population-wise. But then we have a lot of really great stuff going on, but we also don't have, like, a subway system and stuff like that. But True. it's also extremely inexpensive to live in compared to New York But you But
1: you have access to Boston and New York, and uh, pretty much anybody that you want to see play live, they're going to be coming through that area on their tour, so you're not going to miss that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, we're the hour. Yeah. We get skipped over a lot, sadly, but uh, we're not the Providence is like a, no, no, thing, uh, a really shitty place. Well, nice. you you have
1: access to that, though. You're not that far yeah, from New York true. there. You're not that far from Boston. So if there's somebody so that you funny. really want to yeah. see. Um, growing
0: up in New England, you won't think that way. But I remember a friend of mine in college is from Iowa, Illinois, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And he was like five hours to get to like, a show. And I'd be like, oh, man, they're not coming to my town. I don't want to go an hour to this or that. And he's like, I would have to go five hours yeah. to get like to, like, I don't know, Kansas or something weird to well, go see, see a basement show. I was like, oh. Yeah, hey. see, I
1: live, uh, I'm an hour, a little bit more than an hour from Phoenix. And so I'll drive up to Phoenix to go see movies. Um, yeah. the, there's stuff that just doesn't come down here. We have a good art house here in town um, that does a good job. But some of the stuff, uh, as far as like with press screenings and things like that, I mm-hmm. always have to go up to Phoenix for those as opposed to yeah. here in Tucson.
0: We have some uh, pretty fortunate. We have like two art house cinemas and like three or f- I think you, it's either three or five like record like vinyl record stores. Mm-hmm. Two of them within walking distance, which is kind so, of heard of nowadays.
1: So you're a vinyl guy?
0: No, which I because sh- I lose and uh, I've moved a bunch, and I lose everything I own. Okay. So I've decided to. I, I think it's something I want to invest in again, but I don't trust myself because I just lose everything. Understood. But I like to know they're there. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I like that aspect of uh, not living in a. Well, I'm, I'm not going to live in Providence forever, likely, but uh, that's still up in the air. But it's. Uh, I've driven across country, and sometimes it gets sad when you go to every town and they all look alike. I like living somewhere that's unique looking and has character. What are you looking for? Like small record stores, great restaurants, uniqueness, not Walmart, Target. Um, I grew up in like suburbia where it was just like Burger King, McDonald's, Friendlies, sure. everything. Nothing yeah. special about it. Cool, small. And there's a lot of colleges here too, so that always brings a lot of art. Yeah, which is really great. I I need to go to more art house cinemas. Like, I they always show all the good documentaries that I'd like to go to. Absolutely, that's one thing I love about Netflix and like on, on demand. Like, I've seen like a so many documentaries I would have never had. What's
1: What's something that's sort of in your crawl right now that you've seen recently?
0: Well, I've been watching Sonic Highway on HBO. Oh like,
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, Dave Grohl show <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Have
1: you watched? I haven't watched it yet. Um there was I for the podcast that I was uh, that I'm a part of, we interviewed um Matt Riggle. He was the director of a Descendants documentary that just came out uh, earlier oh, this month.
0: Wow.
1: Oh, oh, you're a Descendants guy. Um I I know them. Uh, I'm
0: not like super huge, but that's fucking crazy. Yeah, no. so do they live in Missouri or I'm thinking of somebody else? No, no. Well, you're,
1: you're probably thinking the right guys. Um, they're spread out throughout the country now, but, um, oh, the, the drummer, Bill, he lives, I think in Missouri or Colorado, somewhere around there. He has a studio out there.
0: Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. I heard that story of like, got signed to a major label, took the money, went to the middle of the country, yep. bought the studio. So he was like, I can take that money and then live the rest of my life as a musician. So yeah. And then for touring, it's just like right in the middle yeah, oh my god, that's incredible. They have a movie
1: coming out? Uh it's already out right now. It's uh there's a documentary they were touring, um kind of doing city to city, um mm. just a small release um earlier this year, and I reached out to uh the director Matt Riggle, who is the one of the co-directors and writers of the film, uh to do an interview with him about the film because I was just a huge Descendants fan. And yeah. so he was cool enough to come on our podcast and talk about it for um you know a good 40 minutes and we yeah super nice guy and um we just got to bullshit about the descendants for you know a while and it was nice and his movie's great it's uh, definitely something you should check out it's uh yeah. it's called filmage the story of the descendants and all it's a really yeah, good re- really good documentary if you like sort of the music that you like uh you yeah. know punk pop punk it's uh point being with what you're saying with sonic highways was um they had David Grohl was one of their talking heads in the movie, one of the interviews that they had that they would go back to. Um, yeah. And he talked about, like, the process of getting these people to be aware of the film they were making. So,
0: Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. incredible. Uh, oh, wow, that's really cool. That, that must have been so fun to have him on and, like, geek out about the descendants.
1: Well, yeah, and that's kind of – I mean, we've had some really amazing experiences with this podcast I've been doing just for this – short amount of time. Like um, we had uh, There's a Danish film called insomnia that was remade um, by Christopher Nolan and his, the remake version of it had um, Al Pacino and Oh God, what the hell is his name? Robin Williams in it. Um, Do you remember that movie in Alaska? It's called insomnia. The remake was called insomnia. Also anyway, the original, the the original version of that film, uh, the director of this new movie that just came out called pioneer he was, he did our podcast. And so I got to talk to that guy for, you know, a half hour. Um,
0: That's incredible.
1: And, and it's just those kinds of things that have been happening within this last uh, six months that have been really fun. So, and it's just amazing how many people, if you just, you know, send them an email, they'll say, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. You know, and the one thing I noticed when I listen to podcasts, when like people are on like a press tour, they like a podcast because it's not the bullshit, like ET, like those, like, Seven questions. What's it like on set? Can you tell me about a prank? And it's like, let me talk about the thing I want to talk about. And most of the time, you don't to, if it's Skype, you don't have to travel. And, well, like, and you're really getting a deep connect. I've gone to see so many movies because I've heard an actor or a writer or someone on a podcast that made me connect to that and then I would go see it. It's, well, you can see I mean,
1: their point of view. And it's something where when I'm reaching out to these people, I generally only reach out to people that I'm interested in their work. Um, there, there's something that's pulling me into it, um, where there's something that they've done in the past that I've liked or what they're working on is something that interests me. So I'll, I, I basically, I take a, a look about six weeks ahead. I'll look through the releases that are coming up and I'll just go through and say like, what are the ones that I'm interested in? And it's close to half of the people that I reach out to are willing to sit down and talk to me for a little while on a podcast, or they'll at the very least do an email interview. Um,
0: that's so great. Yeah,
1: I, well, it's it's just that I think it works on twofold because uh, they're not dealing with the ET type person; they're dealing with someone that's actually interested in their work that wants to talk about it in that level. Or some, yeah. sometimes it's even an off thing where we'll be talking about something other than themselves. Where mm-hmm. it's just I want to talk about this thing that they were involved in. Not we're not going to talk about your personal life. We're not going to talk about all the baggage that other people want to talk about. Let's just talk about. This one thing that you made that I loved. Let's—I'm a fan. Can yeah. we just geek out about this for a half hour? And they seem to be okay with that. So
0: that's really great. I mean, that's what's fun about it. Like, I mean, ultimately, like a true artist is a fan as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason you get into these things. because like, you like it. Like, it's fun.
1: I, I wouldn't it's go as far as to call myself an artist on any level whatsoever, but
0: <laughs> one day we'll get there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, so I have a question uh, for you then, uh, as a film person. What are your thoughts on the Kickstarter? Like, are you against the like Zach Braff type using it? No. Why would I be? Yeah, yeah. that's how I feel. I've heard the argument against it so many times, and my whole thing is like, well, if you don't want to give money, just don't give money.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's not that hard. Um, I don't. Yeah, that
0: was easy. <laughs> yeah, I, I I
1: don't I don't care. Um, if there's people that want to put their money into seeing the next Garden State, let them do it. You know, they were touched by that film. There's a movie that this man wants to make and conventional sort of funding for it might not be the right route for him. Then let him do it. I don't. I mean, yeah, I think people get upset because they think that those dollars were going to be spent somewhere else. And it doesn't work like that. Um, The people that are giving. Yeah. The people that are giving money to Veronica Mars are people that are invested in that particular story. The people that are giving, giving money to Zach Braff, they're invested in him. They weren't going to take that same $25, $35, $50 and put it into a project they've never heard of before. So I, I don't, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think that it's um, people like me that are out there online looking for the new thing that they've never heard of that come across sites that um, something moves them like that. Um the, pro- the Hungry for Love project that I started trying to pimp on my site real heavily yeah. is because I came across an article where I just read a couple questions from the producer of the film, and I was just completely touched by what she was talking about as far as um, her take on romantic comedies and the idea of body image never being properly represented in major studio films. And so I was like, this is a person I want to talk to. And so I reached out to her I was just, um, and it just happened that we were in the same Twitter feed where we were already following each other at this point after I had already read this article and for yeah. some reason I had not come across it. And so it was just, I sent her off some questions, she did some answers and we had an article up that day and I was trying to push it as hard as I could. And then even weirder is she did the, she was the producer of the film Escape from Tomorrow Mm-hmm. Do you remember that film that was t- that was filmed in Disneyland without permission?
0: Yeah, I never saw it, but I've I've heard it talked about right. many times. So she was the. Pers- I'm curious how they did that.
1: She was a producer of the film, and oddly enough, I had emailed her cinematographer the day before, um, just as wanting to possibly interview him. And so it was just this small world of all these people, like sort of piling on top of each other, and you come to realize there were that's the nice thing about Kickstarter and all those that it levels all of that out where oh, yeah. in such a way that like the, the people that you see on your Netflix queue, cause you can watch escape from tomorrow on Netflix right now. They're just people out there trying to get their next project made. And that's something that's really interesting to me and really fun to try to be a part of.
0: Oh, I think it's great. Like the gatekeepers are different or uh-huh. disappearing in a sense because Especially with like that Sony hack, if you've been reading that story. Of course, at all. yeah. yeah. Uh, not as much about the interview, but just like the conversations between the very high ups of Sony about like Obama, and it was like kind of racist. But these are the people who are involved in making art. And uh, maybe yeah. they shouldn't be. <laughs> well, I, I don't... Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. Um, well, I don't want the racist comment. It's just because like those were the gatekeepers. And at one point... They a movie that you and I would love whenever. Like I love lo-fi films. Like I love the Duplass brothers. Oh and, sure, um, yeah. What's oh god? The guy who did um, Drinking Buddies. I can't remember his name. Ah, oh, great director. He did okay. Drinking Buddies and then Happy Christmas um, and like No and the Whale. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Incredible director. But, yeah, like, I know who you're talking about. I'm sorry. Maybe something like that would never get released, but now like Kickstarter exists. So like Project Mars. I I love that show. I I actually was way late to that game. <laughs> but like that movie was, like, wasn't like was going to get made unless Kickstarter came into play. So it's right. kind of nice to see like the old guard, like especially in terms of music, did not respond to the music. The change in music changed drastically, especially with Napster. Have you seen, speaking of documentaries, it's like Downloaded talks a lot about that.
1: Yeah, the, yeah. Alex, the Alex Winter documentary.
0: Yeah, oh, what's it, Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Yeah. Uh, great, great, great documentary. And you know, it really affected music and music, musicians and music and everything. And now, same things happen with film. It's like you guys act a certain way, and now your time is up. And now we're gonna run free and do make the art that we want to make.
1: I'll agree with you up to a certain point, but oh yeah, go ahead. Um, the movies that they are handling, the Spider Man's, the Guardians of the Galaxy, these things that cost two hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, Maybe you should have somebody that has a more cynical worldview involved in that. <laughs> because it, it when you I, – I don't know that we need a $100 million um, movie that's about something that's very personal and small. that could easily be told on a much smaller scale. Um, to have them involved in these big films, I don't care. It seems right. It seems like you should have – executives involved that are cold and calculating for these sort of i don't know they their subway cups are those movies that's kind of what they are and it's fine to have those people um those gatekeepers as you call them they need to be there to protect the money and to protect protect that investment mm-hmm. in a way um so those are two different things completely um the idea of the $2 million dollars that they needed to make that Veronica Mars movie or how much ever they ended up raising for that in the end um, That that's such a small investment that it doesn't even come on the radar of those guys that are sending back these inappropriate emails that uh, honestly they're not that different than most of the conversations that people have when they don't think they're being listened to um, I think oh, we're, we're, we're so PC ready that we are willing to attack people and denigrate them for things that we would do ourselves and it's bullshit it's false for us to get enraged about something like that yeah they they made inappropriate jokes about obama half the people i work with do that on a daily basis um yeah and people that i would consider to be decent you know fair-minded people make inappropriate jokes all the time that's all they were doing um to be judged by that i don't think it's really fair um, the problem that I have with them at this point is that they did pull the plug on the interview. That they did yeah. bow into it. I I'm not a fan of that. I think that it's. Were it's, you going to
0: see that movie before all this happened? I had no plans. Um, probably. Um, it's I it's not, for like Netflix. Not, not, or, not, no, 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 no. I love those guys, but I don't know. I just wasn't thinking much about it until all this happened.
1: I I would go see it. I've never really had a bad time at a Seth Rogen movie. Um, for the most part, I always enjoy his stuff. His sense of humor plays into mine. Um, Knocked Up is one of those movies that I can watch endlessly anytime it comes on. And I yeah. come across it on cable, I'll always check it out. Um, Freaks and Geeks is a great wow. show. So Absolutely. James Franco and Seth Rogen, right there. So there's a, tons of stuff that they've been involved in that I love. Pineapple Express. It's one of the few films right. I've seen multiple times in a theater. So yeah, I would have seen. I would have paid ten dollars to go see it in a theater i don't know if it would have been opening weekend but i would have gone to see that movie um yeah so and it's not even that i'm not from a selfish point of view being allowed the privilege of seeing this film that that part of it i can do with it or without it. it's not going to affect my life anyway whatsoever it's that we have these sort of outside interests telling our country what we can watch and what we can do and uh, that that's a scary precedent to set um and that places like the alamo draft house were planning on showing uh team america yeah, in place of it great.
0: and then now they're
1: not now they're not and paramount a different studio that has not been hacked that has not been fucked with on any level whatsoever is so scared that they pulled the plug on that and that's the precedent that's been set and that's what scares me it's and it's not because of the James Franco Seth Rogen movie that's going to come out it's because of the Michael Moore type movie it's because of the Zero Dark Thirty type movie that might actually have something to say about North Korea about mm-hmm. Russia about Cuba about anybody that we have a volatile like sort of relationship with that that movie might be held back that that TV show might be held back because of this because it's been set that if you do this this and this this will be the result and so it's only going to happen more.
0: Oh, it's the world we live in. And um, I, 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 the thing about like with the Obama comments, um, I, I kind of felt those two, it was definitely maybe a little more generational because like, I think we grew up with the internet where I say horrendously awful things all the time. I know I would never email, my use my work email or my work cell phone. That was more the thing I was hammering at that. Just like, I oh, see. God, really well,
1: yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a generational thing. These are people that are 60 years old. This is, think about your dad and would your dad know I to. That's pretty hip. Is he? Okay. My, not dad, even kidding, my, I, my dad has an iPhone, but I don't think he would know to not send an inappropriate email over his work email. Yeah. So.
0: yeah my dad's like a radio DJ uh, like at a college radio station and stuff.
1: Okay. You have a rare dad.
0: It's, he's a, he's a, well, I always joke that he's a hipster. He got like, I left for college and then all of a sudden he's, like became a painter and retired and all this stuff. <laughs> but, but no, I know what you mean. No, absolutely. And, uh, I, I, uh, it sucks. The Sony thing—I always thought at first I thought it was really funny, but I'm talking to a friend of mine who works in LA, and's like in the, works in the industry, I didn't know that people's like social security numbers yeah. and like medical information was stolen. And um, it's even like I guess this is like it sucks because it's just Sony. It's a private company. in Sony, and it's horrible. But what happens now when this is like a bank or this is like our like the Pentagon or like that's the new world that we live in? It's like oh this. I'm hoping the Pentagon has
1: better internet security and a better firewall than Sony.
0: Yeah, that's what we hope. I did read some stuff that Sony, but this made me think more about Downloaded, of like how they did not react well to technology to help with marketing and like they clearly didn't go that far with security. I also read some stuff about how like they don't think anyone in North, North Korea hired someone to do it for them. Right. This is North Korea. Some crackpot theory was like Sony did this so they wouldn't lose money. I'm like, have you seen movies that have been released? It's okay. Don't worry, guys. Yeah. It, it is really... It's it's fucked up. Like, it, it really is. And I don't like censorship. And I don't... It's fucking annoying. Like, now I want to see the movie. That's the worst part. <laughs> uh, but, like, and I love Team America. I think that is just a stroke of brilliance. And yeah. Because Sony was going to release it until the big chains. And, you know, and the, the elephant in the room is a lot of these theaters aren't saying they're waiting because of... Uh, what is it? Aurora, Colorado. Like, it's the same thing. No one wants to be... The ones to take the stands and then have something like this happen. Yeah, Which is sad. I know they. I just, but we can't. Odd way to we, handle it.
1: Much like Aurora, though, you can't start um, making films that aren't that you know might set off one person. You can't stop making art and supporting things because it's gonna. It, you can't. You can't remove. Peanut butter from all the shelves because some people have a peanut allergy. You have to, absolutely,
0: it,
1: absolutely. and it's it's. Yeah. I know that that's a, uh, and I think that that's sort of a fair comparison in that uh, the people in North Korea that are deeply offended by this, it's their. This is something that is beyond our understanding. It, it, oh, it's something yeah. that they've been raised in a culture that they see their leaders as gods on earth. You know, there's some silliness to it that seems silly to us that we don't fully appreciate. And so, I, I, I don't know. It's not something that's as black and white, and well, I don't demagoguery. Such, is so, as we should it's make such it. a
0: complex thing. Uh, Vice did a really great doc, um, episode when they North Korea. They sneak into North Korea uh-huh. through Shanghai. Um, yeah, North. I don't. I'm not educated on North Korea enough, but uh, <laughs> it, it is. It's just sad. I mean, actually, I love Rogan. I love Franco. Um, Lizzie Kaplan, Terry mm-hmm. Crews are in it. I love all those people. Sure. Did you happen to see This is the End? Oh, yeah, of course. I couldn't believe how much I love that movie. It it's was so much fantastic. fun. Fantastic. If, if, if you would
1: have told me at the beginning of the year that there was going to be a Simon Pegg movie and a. Um,
0: and and, a, right. and a, What the
1: hell? Which one is going to be the better film? And yeah. I would have said, oh, of course, Simon Pegg's going to be the one that nails it. And I enjoy. Uh, I enjoyed that movie um, a lot. Really? But, yeah, that yeah, sense? yeah. 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 Absolutely. I totally yeah, I just, I, was, like, I
0: was like, what? Why?" But sometimes you have. I have to watch things twice to make the appropriate opinion.
1: I, I dug it right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. I, but it was nothing even close to, um, to the Seth Rogen version of sort of the same story. And yeah, that mm-hmm. movie's great. It's fantastic. It's a, and a lot of that's Danny McBride in that movie it is. Fucking hilarious!
0: So, <laughs> and who is nothing like that in real life? Uh, which, when I've heard him on my podcast, sure. like just like a a father, a really sweet guy. He's like, "Oh, it's great. I could play an asshole." Speaking um,
1: of which, um, you're you're married? Are you a dad?
0: No, uh, I think my brother just had a son uh, like eleven months ago, so a new uncle. Nice, very cool. Tons of fun. Yeah, they, absolutely. They live in Connecticut, so I don't get to see him a lot. Okay. Are you a father
1: yourself? Or? I am. I have a uh, four year old son. So.
0: Are you raising them to be like the coolest kid ever, or like Star I, I, Wars geek? God, no, no. I hope not. Hell
1: no. Jesus Christ. Give
0: um, him a fair shot. Yeah, I,
1: I don't want to enforce my taste on him. I mean, yeah, he's aware of Star Wars and he's aware of the things I like, and I don't really play kids' music around him. So mm-hmm. he, he, like we were talking about Tim Berry before, he can sing along with as many Tim Berry songs as he can. Mm-hmm. The wheels on the bus go round and round. He knows that stuff just as well. Um, but I don't want him, I don't want to stifle his childhood, but to give him like hipster taste, uh, that, that's, yeah. that's doing yeah. him a disservice and something that he would only rebel against anyway, eventually. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the, with my dad, it was one of the few things that we could really connect on. Cause I don't give a shit about sports or anything, but we mm-hmm. both, we both had a love of Stanley Kubrick films. Um, and yeah. that was something that early on, that we were able to sort of dial into each other. We could talk about movies at the very least, and so whatever it is with my son that we have that bond over, I don't want it to be forced. Yeah. I don't want it to be something that I pushed on him. <laughs> I want to open him up to music. I want to open him up to film. I want to take him to museums, and I want to, him to see art and be aware of it. And I, I want him to be around creative people, but. If he doesn't want that for himself, I will never. That would be no different than my dad telling me to put on pads and go play football.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean if you have to drag him to a comic con here and there, I think that's okay. Right? That's
1: fine. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I went to a comic con in Rhode Island, and there were so many like dads with the, I saw a father with uh, dressed as uh, Luke Skywalker with her son as Darth Vader. Like a little three year old, mm-hmm. it was like, "Aw, that's awesome." Yeah, that's great. I, it, it's something. Now at this age, like I think about it all the time. I was like, It's going to be cool.
1: Yeah. Being a dad's fun. Yeah. It's great. It's, uh, yeah. it's not, it's, it's, it's hard in all the good ways. Um, yeah. it's something that you should not go into unless you want to do it. I wouldn't recommend yes. I, people that say <laughs> you should have kids. No, fuck you. You should not have kids unless yeah. you're absolutely.
0: I feel that I'm to married it. Too. like don't do it unless it's what you want. And if it's sort of the right person, how long have you
1: been married for?
0: Uh, a little over a year.
1: How do you we like it? been together about five years. Five years? Okay, so then you're five, 25. Year,
0: we've been together five years. Okay.
1: So then you, you, you had a good idea of what you were getting into. Did oh, uh, yeah. Do you think marriage changed your relationship, or is it sort of the same now?
0: Well, we lived together first. Okay. And bank accounts were already shared. Car insurance were already shared. Uh, the stress more for her because she put a lot of the uh, putting on the wedding. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think someone overheard that. <laughs> she ever heard me? Yeah. yeah, I think it's changed, but uh, for the better. And only I think people more view us differently, which it sucks. I feel my level of commitment has always been the same. But when you introduce someone as your fiance or girlfriend compared to wife, adults treat you different. So, it, it, you know, a little different. But like, I think the biggest change will be a child. Well, if like, that's where it's going to be everything's different. Because it was like we got married, it was amazing. And then we come home, it's like same jobs, same apartment. We already live together, we already have a cat. But, and, and I'm not complaining. I think that was great because that's how I wanted to do it. I didn't want to go like from living in separate places to living together. Right. So by the time we got married, I was like, cool. The, the kid, I know the kid is a thing. Change, 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 no, no. Change.
1: I will, yo, completely changes everything. In, in a, As it should. In a big, bad way. But you said something interesting um, when you were starting that out that you said adults treat you differently. You're, you're yeah. 30. You're an adult now. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I know that. I forget that sometimes. No, no, I feel that. We like don't,
1: that. we don't act like adults in our in our way. And I mean, when I get my hair cut now, um I see all the gray on the side of my head today, yeah. and I, I'm almost 40 years old. I don't feel that, but it's, I'm, we're fucking adults now, man.
0: Oh yeah, I actually kind of like the responsibility. I'm like, yeah, it's always like, because I think to your parents, at some level, you're always still a kid. Like, no, mom. That's not really that bad, but there's that time like like I live on my own and do, making it very well. Thank you so much. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's great. I know it's like too like definitely a type of older person. Usually, like a lot of Catholics up here, like like old school like Catholic people. Like, oh, you married? I'm like, I still loved her before we were married and had that commitment. Like, but you know, some that type are. So then, do you
1: not fully buy into sort of the? Uh Institution of marriage in a way.
0: Yeah, we're both atheists, so like, um, I think. So the mostly we were well,
1: married. Why did large. you get married then? Why? Why What's you? That? I assume that you proposed to her. Yeah, yeah, we did all that stuff. So then, why? Why would you? And, and, and I'm, I'm not oh, espousing cool. any religious thing on you at all because oh, yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not that. But I am curious yeah. as oh, to yeah, somebody so who doesn't have. Freak. If you don't have a lot of sort of faith in that idea in a way, or that institution, why is it that you wanted to go down that path?
0: I really like the tradition. Like one of the things I, I feel like I miss out on uh, being atheist is like uh, not having those traditional things and uh, the the rituals and having the rituals. And I was like, you know, that's just something I want to do. I want, the, well, obviously, the legal protect. there's a little the legal aspects. I really wanted the party and, and she wanted it. I, yeah, I don't mean all that. There's ever a great answer, but I was like, I don't believe in God, but I still want to be married. And we, but we got to customize our own ceremony. We had a, her friend was a justice of peace. And it was just, it was really about love and it was great. It was wonderful. I'm like getting, feeling all nice things about it now. So have you, are
1: you over a year now or short of a year at this
0: point? Over a year. Yeah. Uh, We just, October was one year and then we went to Italy for our honeymoon in November. Nice.
1: That's great. Very, very That cool. was awesome. Do you have family from Italy then? Or is that just a. Uh, just we do,
0: I, I do, but no one like lives there anymore. Okay. I'm like, psyched. Like, it was just. Uh, I actually got on Groupon. It was like we got married and we're smart. We're like, let's see how much money we get from people. Like, not being self. You know, you get married. You see where you are. We pay off some debt, figure things out. We went away for a little bit, came back, and then I was on Groupon and I was like, all right, we can afford a trip to Costa Rica. And then one day, for the same price, a uh, trip to Tuscany came up and did like, all the research. Well done. With airfare, right? all that stuff. And I've always wanted to go to Europe. Yeah. And that, that trip changed me too. That When I came home from that trip, I was like,
1: yeah. How, how did it like, change it? you? What, what was the profound impact?
0: I've always wanted to, I accomplished that. There's like that bucket list item that you had to do before you have kids. Okay. Always always wanted to travel, always wanted to go to Europe.
1: Just, just so you know, um, and it's advice that wasn't. Uh, imparted on me quickly enough is you can travel with kids very easily uh, especially, oh, yeah, yeah. especially when they're uh, portable when they're yeah. in carriers you can go see movies you can go out you can go anywhere that you would normally go um, you can definitely travel you can definitely fly you can do all these things um, yeah. and it won't impact it at all um, That's, no. because at, at a certain point all of your vacations will become about them um, yeah, and, and they will have theme time. parks and rides and those sorts of vacations. And they're going, I'm glad you got Tuscany in. But any of those, once you do, if you do have a child, um, get, get that. You can still do that stuff. You can still have fun oh. adult vacations with a kid in tow.
0: Yeah. Financially, though, I think it gets different. It does.
1: It does. But it's. Um, I think that it's one of those things where you choose where you want your money to go. Um, yeah. yeah. For, for me, I can... Cut down on my compulsion to buy Blu rays, and (laughs) I can take that same money that I would spend in the course of six, seven months and put that towards the vacation that I would take. And you Uh, add that on top of what we would be spending on a vacation, and that vacation just got a lot nicer than what it would have been. And so (laughs) it's just where you want to put your money, I guess. Oh,
0: absolutely. And
1: once you have a kid, you will really start to see finances differently. I never had as much money as when I had a kid. And that's because I became such a fucking miser as soon as I had a kid that I became really tight with and very aware of every dollar that I was spending. And so even, even though I was spending, like I had more bills than I had ever had before and more of my money was accounted for, my checking account balance was at a higher level than it had ever been before.
0: That's a good sign. So well, I, I think
1: it's yeah. a sign that I was I was fortunate in that my income during that time period hadn't decreased and yeah. my spending had decreased because I was just making sure yeah. that I was you're scared shitless because you're responsible for keeping this kid
0: alive. Yeah. I have to say the one thing seeing my brother with uh, and his wife with this son I really demystified uh parenthood for me i was like and, and in a really good way because yeah. that was like the first time I think anyone's ever been so honest with me about having a kid because usually with people it's either the worst thing in the world and it's miserable or it's the greatest thing and then you don't listen to him and he's like it's great I love him uh it's a lot of work but it's it's the best yeah. I love my nephew he's just the cutest funnest little boy and I can't wait to take him to Comic-Con. Like, yeah. We're already planning all that out. It's so, it's, it's so fun. Well, that's the yeah, that's the the nice, nice thing, thing about runs, being an uncle. It, it picked on me now. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's nice to – that's so, your son's four is such a fun age too.
1: Well, it, okay, there's one thing that you will hear about every age um, that you – and I'm not saying this is a, a knock on you, but you'll hear people say every age that you mention that child – They'll say, that's a fun age. That's a great age. That's a perfect age.
0: Yeah. Um, until and,
1: well, I, I guess. I don't know. I that's haven't much, dealt with that yet. Ages,
0: actually. Um,
1: and every year has had its own downside, and it's had its own benefits. Um, there's yeah. been now I get to see more of his personality, and I can see – like his introspection, and I can see his ideas on things. I can ask him questions and he'll contemplate them and seriously respond to me mm-hmm. in a in a pure emotional way. It's not him just repeating what I've told him. He'll He'll take in the world as he sees it and he'll repeat it to me or he'll show me the things that he sees. And so that's amazing to me. But there were the times when he was younger and you could see his experiences for the first time. You could show him something that he had never seen before and you could see that. And so each age and every time there's something amazing going on, you just have to be aware and open
0: to it. Yeah, That's really, that's interesting. I remember my wife taught my nephew peekaboo when we were there and it was just like, it was, oh my God, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, For your son, like, so are you watching lots of kids movies since you have kids, a kid? Not that not that many. Um, a, a
1: mm-hmm. little, a little bit. I I. Do you have age restrictions for him? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's stuff. I right, mean, so you are not like your showgirls. But yeah, what? well, of course. Well, I would. I'm the type of person that I would rather him see showgirls than to have him see Saving Private Ryan. Um, okay. I, I ma- maybe maybe not. Maybe not showgirls specifically, because there's. I the, know what you mean, But I like mean, I, naked yeah. people or people having sex versus people having their heads blown off, I tend to think showing him a bunch of violence is far more dangerous than,
0: absolutely. Than sex. It's such a American view. Like there's that great documentary. Uh, this film is not yet rated. Sure. The yeah. F- yeah. P- double a and like how like violence always gets through for in movies. And like, there's, I forgot who it was, but like they made it a movie like NC, they wanted to make some movie like NC 17. Cause you saw a woman's like pubic hair right. and have an orgasm. So I, I yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, and they're gonna see it. And they should see it with you. But, but I, I know what you mean. I, yeah. I remember being a kid and seeing stuff like, um, like Silence of the Lambs. Way too young. Really traumatized me. Well, sure. And and, and then, like if I saw a sex scene or a nipple, I wouldn't really live my life.
1: No. Um. Well, two things. One, going into The Shining, you could see the nipples in that film, and then you have the reveal of when she turns her back around, and it's all that green slime on the back of it. And that'll yeah. fuck yeah. your head up for a little while. But um. More specifically to what you were saying before, um, seeing a lot of kids' movies, it it changes though, because there's. I took my son to see Big Hero Six and loved it. Yeah, I, I loved the movie too, but right. it was it wasn't right. it wasn't the best movie I've seen this year by any means, but it was by far the most fun I've had in the movie theater. I'm literally getting goosebumps right now. Like if I could, if my camera was better, yeah. you could see the goose flesh rising on my skin. And it's because there was a moment in the film where um, he first starts to fly, when the robot starts to fly for the first time and he goes under the Golden Gate Bridge and all that. And I looked over at my son and he's leaning forward on his seat and he has this look of absolute awe on his face. And I could see reflecting in his eyes the same thing that I had when I was four years old and I saw Superman and I saw a dude flying. And it was just I could see that cycle right there and that was it. Like I was moved to the point of near tears at that moment just by seeing him in that. So, yeah, you see kids films, but it's not in a negative way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see something like when I went to take him to see the Lorax, which isn't even that great of a movie. But when yeah. I, yeah, it's fine. But to yeah. see, to hear him laughing and getting yeah. jokes and that kind of thing, it just changes it. It's, it's completely, it's something that's more, I think people describe it as selfless. But it, it's not. It's, it is a selfish yeah. act because I get a lot out of seeing him enjoy something. I enjoy seeing his pleasure so much. Like when I see him feel joy, I'm filled with the same joy. And it's it's kind of like you get a new love for Christmas and that kind of thing. You go out into my yeah. living room and it's filled. I haven't given a shit about Christmas, honestly, since I was 13 years old. It, it's, it, it lost its magic. It lost its joy. But, you know, I got to take my son, son to the Polar Express this year. And i have he's met Santa Claus 15 times this year. And all those things that keep happening. And he just has this, we have a countdown calendar on the refrigerator where he goes out and he changes the date every day for the countdown to that. And he has this absolute, this anticipation and this joy that he's going to feel that moment. And it, it's given a new lease on it, a new, like, Christmas means something to me again. And it's those That's
0: wonderful. Yeah.
1: You get that kind of joy and it's yeah. not, it's not a, like I was saying, it's not a selfless thing though. It's not, I'm a good dad. I'm getting, I'm doing all these things for my son. Cause I'm really, if I, I'm really brutally honest about it. I am doing it for myself. Cause it makes me feel so fucking good to see yeah. him enjoy himself.
0: You ever wonder, it, it's interesting, it must be interesting to think what he'll remember as he gets older, because, like, those memories as kids, like, I remember my aunt taking my brother and I to see Ninja Turtles 2. Not that great of a movie. No. I'll never forget that experience for the rest of my life.
1: That's, and it's absolutely, that's what it boils down to, and I think you, you you know that going in. You keep that in mind, that um, you spend all this time, um, and sometimes all this money, on trying to create these special events for them, and it's these little things that happen along the way that end up being The moments you remember Um, Mm. when I was a kid, my, I have four brothers and sisters. There's five kids in my family. So yeah. And when we went to Disney, when I was a kid, it, that's, I couldn't even imagine how expensive that was for my dad. And yeah, exactly. So we go, we go down and I was too old. My my older brother was too old. Um, My younger brother was borderline too old. So three out of the five were kind of didn't care about Disney that much. And so the two youngest, my younger sisters, they loved it. They were having a great time. But the other two, we were bored the whole time we were there. And so we ended up cutting our vacation short because we were so bored. And we, this is in Florida. Um, So we go to Fort Lauderdale from uh, Orlando and we just stopped for four days at the beach and we just hung out and we rode go-karts. One of the best vacations I've ever had in my life.
0: That's amazing.
1: Once we left Disney. Once we left Disney, yeah. and that, and that, and that's one of those things that it's like you don't, you can't control those sort of those memory moments that you want to build up. You want to give them the opportunity to have those moments, but at the same time, you need to be willing to really, like to look at it and say maybe we need to change plans here. So yeah, that's
0: smart. Is, and so uh, watching movies is something you and your dad did, isn't when you were a kid? Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah, and. And, and anyone who loves anything, music, art, or any... Whenever you fall in love with, there's always that. There's always the deeper emotional tie. Like, yeah, I remember, like, listening to records with my dad as a kid. And, like, going to the movies and like, all that stuff. And then that's, like... And now you get to pass that down. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Man, this has been really great. Wow, that's been an hour 15. It's, like, oh. 10 o'clock here. Um, okay. Do, do I... I any, before we wrap up, anything I, I missed? Do you want to... I think... No, I'm I feel, feel... I'm sorry to have before.
1: kept you a little bit over tonight. So, yeah, but... Thank No, oh, no,
0: please. I I, prefer it, I would go for like three hours if I could. I <laughs> have to wake up. It's 10 o'clock here. I have to go to bed.